podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk. Neil Atkinson, Paul Senior, Philip Smallwood and Andy Heaton with you from now until half past seven on the radio. Uh, pleasure to be here this evening, Liverpool, as you're on your way home. I'm looking forward to what should be a fantastic email. Just close the bags of Philip, but it'll be Sorry. fine. What should be a fantastic email of football, email, uh, weekend of football, uh, Liverpool up against Crystal Palace on Sunday at half past four and... It's an opportunity, this, Paul. I can't get my head around how much of an opportunity it is because what it does, I think, this game is it creates a gap between Liverpool and Manchester City if they can win it. Looking at the whole top four picture, it creates this gap, uh, which, you know, it's easy for City to say. Yeah, yeah. so there's games in hand. Of course there's games in hand. There's always games in hand. But all of a sudden, things just look a little bit difficult from their point of view. It's the same for Arsenal. United will know what they've done against Burnley, but it's the same for Arsenal as well. You get to the sort of point where you can say games in hand all you want. The mountain just looks really, really big. Yeah, I mean, that that psychological gap would be... um would be a good thing to have. I mean, if they they've obviously got the, the game at the weekend, um, and, and it's the lead up to this fixture has been the sort of typical Liverpool lead up where all of a sudden Crystal Palace become the Harlem Globe Just is the same as we were cheating, you know, uh, West Brom last week where everyone was talking about what's the centre half McCauley, um, and this week everyone will live in fear of Ben Teke. But Liverpool <clears throat> are going about the business in a sort of Solid, solid way, um, and to, if we can just do what we have, I mean, last last week that that game on paper was exactly what Liverpool didn't want, and we went, we went there and did it at Anfield. I think only Swansea have Swansea have beaten us at home. I think I'm right in saying. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm confident because I've, I've seen the way Liverpool go up, go about the business at home this season, and in the main, it's been it's been excellent. Um, that being said, <laughs> you'd never put anything past them. Would you? Well, you'd never put anything past them, Andy. But it's a, it is a real opportunity, and it's it's worth pointing out. Liverpool are now unbeaten in seven, and unbeaten in seven is, you know, it's, it means something. It's worth a carrot. That also includes five wins. Listen, I'm I'm with Paul. Um, we've got a terrible habit of convincing ourselves we're going to make life difficult for ourselves. Uh, and if the last couple of weeks have, pr- have proven anything, it's that we're slaying ghosts everywhere. The Johnny Walters ghost gone. The Pulis away ghost gone. Don't, get, don't convince yourself that it's going to be difficult. We're better than Crystal Palace. We're our own. So Christian Benteke, so what? Well, that's just my my point on it, Philip, is that it should, Liverpool should find a way to have too much. I think that what worries you about Palace is that, you know, just to, to bring them into it before we come back, how we're going to speak to Robbie Scott later on, but it's the quality and attack, I think, where they've got a lot of lads who are very capable of just doing a little bit of something. Running direct with the ball, running a goal, running past people, pace in there, and then the size of Benteke. That's what concerns me. It's the pace and size aspect. The idea that, you know, it it, it, it doesn't feel impossible to imagine Zaha getting in behind. It's then whether or not he's got the quality or Liverpool can keep, can keep whatever's in the box out. Yeah, uh, I'd agree with that. And I think my, my recent memory of us against Crystal Palace is the likes of Balassi, um, Zaha, Punch and those sorts of players just having an unbelievable game against us. Um, that's my concern. But then I, th- I think the two guys are right. You know, if we play how we've been playing recently, there's n- there's no reason why Crystal Palace should should be any sort of fearsome uh, opposition and um, I wouldn't say I'm confident but I, I, I'm probably more confident than I have been for the last two games It wouldn't be the first time in the last couple of weeks he's done this but I think uh, yeah going to do well to uh, take a, a, a leaf out of Rafa Benitez as a coach Emmanuel because if you played if you if Rafa come up against a team with two tricky wings and a big striker 
What does he do? He doesn't think about the two wings or the striker. He just cuts off the supply. Yeah. yeah. You do that, you control the game. Kabai's a great player, but he's slower than... Well, he's he's, he's probably possibly the slowest player in the league. They're vulnerable. Yeah, they're small yeah. over the... Dominate them at the middle of the park, which we've been doing quite yeah. well, actually. They're no great shakes at the back. It's been stood up, especially with no Sacco. Sacco seems to be there. Told to me he's not going to be there. He's obviously not going to play. So, yeah, just cut the supply. Don't be panicking about... And I really rate Zaha, by the way. I'd have him at Liverpool. I think he's got quality and I think he's got a unique action yeah. with his right foot where he can bend it both ways with one foot. But let's, that's a different conversation. Stop him getting the ball, he can't hit you. There's spot on that, you just go back to your area. There is a point to be made. I agree with you in terms of, you know, you, you, you always cut supply lines. That's always the smart way to do stuff. But at centre-back, you know, Palace will be buoyed almost certainly no Matip, no Clavin and no Lucas. Uh, you know, they're likely to be coming up against someone who's really rather young. Well, you know, you say that, that you know, no one suggested, and it might be a bit of a wild card, but don't forget he did actually perform. It's only when he he was stuck there for a while that he kind of went off the boil. How many chance played that that position? But then who plays midfield? No no Henderson, no Lallana. I'll keep moving them for you. There's no. always, I can see all what you're doing with the pieces, but you keep Milner. on the gap. And then play play Albi Moreno left back. Could do. Push them back. If they, you're against the fast away, like. fast. One thing Albi is, is quick. And he's up against a quick winger and we're trying to dominate higher up the pitch. If he can push them back, why not? The one I, well, the talk is, uh, you know, the one... I argue with that. Well, no, I think <laughs> my argument with that would be that he's talking about that Grudic is also the one who's being thrown in, the idea that he might go with Grudic. I think he, I, I think there's loads and loads of reasons why Moreno's got nowhere near it. We don't know what they are. Uh, it could just be that he doesn't fancy him. He's not really had that much of a look. Uh, could be a height thing. Could, and it could also be a height thing or an organisation thing in a game like this, but... You know, the other one that strikes that stands out to me as well is Grudy just come back in. But it's more the idea, Paul, that at this stage of the season you become like the walking wounded. It's yeah. to, I think it's happening up and down the country. Chelsea suddenly for the first time this season, they've got a couple of injury problems. Uh, United have lost a couple in the Europa League last night. It didn't look nice for either Rojo or Ibrahimovic, to be yeah. honest with you. And that's, you know, that's that just from what we know at the moment. It's... It's what we now do to the footballers. The, the, the seasons are so long, so intense that they do begin to drop like flies and, and Liverpool, I think, have suffered from it right the way through the campaign, but it's even more intense now. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, <clears throat> just getting 11 senior lads on the pitch has proven quite difficult at the moment. But as you said, it's not, it's not a un- I think ours is slightly more extreme than most, but it's not a unique situation because a, a lot of sides have come up against it. That being said, um, I still think what we can bring in, whether you do bring in Albi Moreno and you do bring in Gruyich or whatever we do choose to go with. I don't think one or, one or two pawns missing from the side that um, that beats West Brom can't be Crystal Palace at home. Well, you, could, you could even bring Trent in and, yeah. and then shift Klein over to the other side if you wanted to, you know, if you worried about... Because Klein's played that position yes. before. I, I actually think that's, that might be might be what he does. If you, if you need to use Milner in the midfield, I think... Yeah, he'll invert, well, he'll invert Klein and put him on at left back. I, I wouldn't personally. I don't see what what the point in having a. I'm with you. I'd yeah, play Moreno, but what, 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 yeah. And he played he played very well in in the away leg. I thought it's one of the only opportunities he's had all year, um, Moreno. And I thought he gave a decent account of himself. Could change the system. I don't. I don't think that that's really an option. I think you yeah. think. I think we'll play him with the back four. I presume we'll play him with the back four. Yes, absolutely. And I think. Um, you can't you can't play three against wingers really. I think that's. I mean, some some sides like that. I I think um, I think the Liverpool side that's going to try and want to dominate the ball at home, as won't won't want to be playing three centre halves. It'd be hard enough to get them on the pitch. My, my, like my whole argu- my argument with moving Chan back is with I I sat with you um, for the game last Monday. It escapes me now. 
Chan, even though he was playing in midfield, he was effectively playing as a third centre-half anyway. And he was dropping back deep anyway. So if he's going to be that deep, you know, if he's going to be, be, be playing essentially as a third anyway, because Ben Teke plays, they're going to be playing the second ball. That's what we've been playing big man at the back. Mm-hmm. We haven't, we've tried to compete with it, but more than that, we've tried to screen off. So he's going to be playing that deep anyway. Yeah, uh, Philip. What would you go with? You've heard all this now. There will be no throwing the answer, the questions at you all the way through. What do you think that the Liverpool will end up going with? Um, I personally probably go with Moreno. I think Paul's got a point there about you know putting them on the back foot a little bit. Um, I think if if you go with somebody who's maybe going to be a little bit reserved because they're not used to playing in that position, then you know, you're kind of handing them a little bit more of the initiative, whereas at least Moreno, you know, he's used to playing at left-back. Um, he's got plenty of pace that, you know, we've seen him make plenty of mistakes before, but you, you kind of feel like at least against Zaha, he's got a chance of getting back in there and getting a, a challenge in. So um, that's what I would do. I have absolutely no idea. Part of me is hoping that, Although there's this talk that all three of those players are potentially going to miss the match, that, you know, it's just precautionary and maybe one or two of them might still be available uh, yeah, I mean, come Sunday. They, and this is the size of the game that fascinates me. Me and you've talked at length about this. Is We're all worried about Palace. We never take into account what the opposition are thinking about Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, well, we will come on to talk about the positives later on. Robbie Scotch is going to come and join us and I know Robbie very much rates Liverpool so we'll have a conversation there about the very, very factors to what we're going to be doing. Lincoln there, uh, mate. Uh, lovely Lincoln work. I'm very, very pleased with it myself and uh, and we'll have a chat later on about Liverpool's the strength that they've shown in recent weeks and uh, we're going to rave a little bit about Robert, Roberto Firmino because I don't think there's actually been enough of it off the back of his last his last game and a half as it's become that's coming up very very soon indeed we're also going to be having a chat about the Smith Down Road Festival as I said before Robbie Scott who supports Crystal Palace contributes to loads of our stuff is fantastic he's coming after 7 o'clock and then we'll be back to have a good long look at exactly what should be scaring uh, Crystal Palace coming into this game and what it is that they can be worried about and what it is that Liverpool Liverpool can do to them. Uh, Liverpool are indeed currently ranked as the third best team in the country and it will do us all good to remember that uh, back very, very shortly. That was Girls and Boys by Blair. Come to shock to you, John Gibbons. <laughs> Streets like a jungle. <laughs> Call the police. <laughs> John Gibbons very briefly coming in because we thought about the Smithdown Road Festival with Kev MacArthur, who's the man behind it. And Kev, you've had a big week. Very big week. Haven't <laughs> you, mate? Hey? Yeah, yeah. I've heard a lot about you, Kev. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Should we talk about Kev's big week? I mean, no, it wasn't as though you got a general election thrown at you, yeah, but it's, uh, it's a pretty big week. Got a lot of obstacles, don't I? <laughs> a lot of things chucked in my way, but no, got to look in the positive side now, and it we've come out, got, got a gig in the Palm House. Got the Is that what you've got? So talk us through it. You, you had a gig at the Mystery. We but had the Mystery. Didn't come together. <laughs> no, no. So they no. gave you the Palm House. They didn't give us the Palm House. We went looking for different venues and... As I mentioned to John before, there happened to be a wedding cancelled in the Palm House, so uh, we stumbled across that. And, uh, That's magnificent. It is, yeah. So, so the main stage is now there. It's an awkward thing to celebrate. It is an awkward thing, but <laughs> we had to have a shandy after. <laughs> hey, long may those two people remain separated. That's what I say. Well, they can have a free drink if they come to the festival. <laughs> or maybe just one of them. Yeah, 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 different yeah. days, it's Saturday, nice. Sunday. Oh, is it? Oh, sound, yeah. yeah. Different days, keep them apart. Kev, let's talk about the festival, Smith Down Road Festival. It's uh, it's very much a celebration of that community. You've you know it you've, is, yeah. you're from you work for Kelly's, isn't it? I think yeah, it I'm is. Kelly's, yeah. yeah. And uh, it's very much a celebration of Smith Down Road of everything that is within Liverpool. But there's oh, there's loads and loads going on in this festival. Oh, there is, yeah, yeah. So there's on the street alone, there's nine venues now. Really? Uh, yeah, because we've got a couple of new ones opened, uh, Craft, and then 
the handyman where who are sponsoring it and you've kindly got a beer for later. I can't wait for that one. <laughs> um, as well as like the Gregson Institute, which is on Garmoyle Road. Uh, there'll be like a pop-up cinema event in there. And then obviously the Palm House as well, um, where which is a little bit further away than we hoped, but we're going to do shuttle bus runs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's a bit bigger, isn't it, as well? It's a, I mean, it's a big venue, the Palm House. Uh, yeah, it's 600 capacity. So I'd so say, I'd say if, we're going to get a crowd. I mean, we've got... Saturday, Dave McCabe and Space headlining, and then the Sunday, uh, Craig Charles is going to play. So I'd get in early if you're coming that day. <laughs> what are the, what are the dates? Just so just a bit. Uh, Twenty nine thirtieth of April, and then the festival does actually still run on the Monday, uh, but just in the venues on the street. Yeah. And when you mean the venues in the street, that's where there's bands playing up. And yeah, down. yeah. Kelly's has the Irish festival on. The Handyman has a comedy festival. Uh, Crafts got punk. Evil Eyes got acoustic. Um, there's probably more in that as well. Cafe Oro, Fat Flamingo, they've got stuff on. Naked Lunch, have got Melaton Records coming in to do stuff with them. Princess of Lads. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good new cafe there as well. It's uh, very much your um, your neck of the woods, this, John. I know you love this festival. Yeah. You've been talking about it for ages. Yeah, L15's, I'm very fond of. I've, I've lived a lot of my life there, and it's it's a great place to kind of live and, and work if you like and it's getting more and more vibrant all the time you know Kev just mentioned a couple of brand new bar, brand new bars like Craft and Handyman that's open this Friday which is exciting uh, and I, I just like the idea of, of kind of businesses working together and not seeing each other as competition but seeing each other as you know if this if this becomes a good place to go out then it helps us all and I think that's the right attitude for, to have you know in life generally but also you know especially with, with this sort of thing within terms of nightlife and so places kind of working together and showing that it's it's a, it's a vibrant community and it's a place where you know things happen and so bands come into play and it's just what what they managed to attract in such a short period of time because it's only been going two years it feels like a kind of staple now doesn't it Kev yeah. but like it's been it's it's only been going like a couple of years now and you know it's grown and grown and the fact that you know the, the artists have attracted I just love the fact that Mark Morris is playing from the Blue Tones is playing in, in Kelly's on the Sunday nights it's just it's such a such a cool booking really and you know there's bands reforming to get involved there's emerging bands who are doing really well who are, who are getting involved as well so it's just a really nice lineup, and it's just a good vibe you can kind of wander around if somewhere's a bit busy you go and try somewhere else and you know Good, good times, a lot of good music, and um, yeah, and stores and stuff as well. So, can't be beats. There's, I mean, a lot of people that we've talked about across the variety of different shows that we do. Craig Charles, Space, Dave McCabe, obviously, but Jim Jones and the Righteous Man we mentioned in the past. Mark Morris from the Blue Tones, Harm. It were ridiculously exciting. Uh, some really proper pop songs. Natalie McCool, friend of the show. Yeah. Uh, it's great that she's on. Pete Bentham and the Dinner Ladies, someone who I've spoken about before. The Boston Shakers, great Liverpool band. We played them on other stuff as well, John. Yeah. Shipbuilders, uh, they're absolutely terrific. Uh, Lillian, we've been in. Uh, Paul Dehaney looks after them, and he's you know he's very very fond of them. Indeed, works really really hard. And then there's the Tramp Attack story, uh, Kev, yeah. which is you know it's 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 brings emotion to the festival, doesn't it? Indeed, really? do you want to give yeah. people the background on that? Um, yeah, so. Uh, originally in Tramp Attack, um, Chris Ely was a singer, obviously moved on to follow his acting career, but sadly passed away last year. Um, but he was so into encouraging new music and all around Smithtown, had a couple of places there, always putting fresh bands on. Uh, so we dedicated the main stage in his honour, which I think has helped attract people like Dave McCabe to come down and play at it. So yeah, the Pam House will be called the Chris Ely stage over the weekend. 
That's, uh, you know, again, it's, you mentioned there with John before, communities coming together. It's something that I think Liverpool's music scene does very, very well, that sort of thing. But it's, you know, it's a, it's, it's another fantastic example of it. Yeah, yeah and it does, yeah, because Chris, that's what Chris was all about. You know, you'd, you'd, you'd see him, you know, he's worked behind a lot of bars in Liverpool in kind of later later life when he when he, when he he stopped the acting and stuff. And, you know, you just speak to him and he'd always have a new band to recommend you to. Yeah, he'd always have, you know, some, some mad new discovery from like 60s soul of someone you never heard of. He was, he was so passionate about it. He was going, you've got to listen to this. This, this woman who you've never heard of from Detroit and stuff and, you know it was just amazing and, and listening to him DJ there wasn't you know there wasn't there wasn't many in you no, but uh, you know it was, it was sparse, yeah it was always absolutely great but yeah Paul Seedy would have that nightmare with him yeah. <laughs> but I was jackets on in no time <laughs> but he was you know fantastic just just passionate about kind of what's going on and it was it was great that there was that time off Champ Attack and when, when Dave was starting out with the Zootons and things like that is I'm really fond of as a, as a time in Liverpool's music history, you know, when the bandwagon was going and stuff. And so it's great that those guys still all feel the connection and still feel connected together. And so I'm really looking forward to seeing Tramp Attack. I can't wait. And, and, you know, all the other stuff that's involved. But, you know, it's not just about nostalgia because as Sandy Chris was, and there's so loads of, as I say, emerging bands and, and, and people who are making waves in Liverpool at the moment um, all playing across the, the few days as well. So, yeah, it's just a really nice vibe and it's fun and it's all free as well. If we yeah. haven't mentioned that, it's a, you know, it, it, you don't need a wristband, you don't need VIP, you don't need, you know, your name your name is not down, you're not coming in, just just wander in somewhere and see something brilliant. Uh, stage takeovers from Liquidation, yeah, Buddy Skeleton Key Records and get into this, they're all doing something. There's also going to be a comedy stage, there's Infinite Wrestling, I don't know what that is, but it sounds really <laughs> it's, terrifying. It's absolutely amazing. Is it? <laughs> uh, is it wrestling that never it's, ends? It's, it's, yeah, basically. It's like seven wrestling uh, battles, and I think the end is a bit like the Royal Rumble or something. But really, we did it last year, and families loved it. It was absolutely it's spot on. But at the minute, we're trying to find a new venue for that because that was meant to be in the park. So it's a good house. Mersey swing dance classes are on as well. There's an outdoor food market. There's obviously a kids area. The pop up cinema is something that Kev's already mentioned. There's loads and loads and loads of different stuff, and you know, loads that's going on. It is the twenty, uh, the twenty ninth and the thirtieth of April, April uh, all over Smithtown and the Palm House. That's everything that you need on that list. And this is the Anfield Rap on Radio. City talk. It's always nice to take a little bit of a break from the football, but this week there was uh, an extract from Simon Hughes' brilliant Ring of Fire book on the website. If you go onto theanfieldrap.com, you can win an opportunity to, uh, well, you can win that book, basically. Uh, that's what can go on there. You can win that book, uh, and that, 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 that's, a, that's an available thing for you there at theanfieldrap.com. You just click a little thing there, and also you can read that extract. It's a book to be excited about. Kev, what do you want? We were just oh, yeah. going to say that um, over the weekend, obviously it's all free, but there'll be collections for the Whitechapel Centre, which is a homeless um, shelter in Liverpool that does really great work, especially at the moment, um, helping out people who are finding themselves on the streets, um, often for no fault of their own. So they're, they're a great So if you can donate. Yeah, if you, if you see a bucket, throw a few quid in if you're having a good time. Excellent stuff. This is the Anfield Rap on Radio City. So coming up to seven o'clock for you right now. After the break, I'm talking to Robbie Scotcher about Crystal Palace. And we'll be back to Paul, Philippa and Andy to have a chat about Liverpool and what the positives are going into the Crystal Palace game. And trust me, there are more than one or two. Welcome back to the Anfield Rap on City Talk. Back over to Philippa, Andy and Paul in a second or two. But before then, I'm going to have a chat with uh, Robbie Scotcher from, um, well, from Crystal Palace fame. Talks to us all the time about Palace and... Robbie, this is a, it's a big game this weekend, really. It's, it strikes me as one that Palace could very much do with getting three more points from him. That it, I think if, a, any win, any win the next two, probably makes Palace feel really rather safe. Is that fair? Absolutely. Totally. I think we'd, I mean, 
this game and the game against Spurs, after these two games, we've got Burnley and we've got Hull, but we don't really want to be going into Burnley and Hull needing, needing a win. And obviously, we could lose ground with these two games because they're two top teams. Probably playing Liverpool and Spurs now, probably the best two teams in the league, for me anyway. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think that Saturday's game is huge because I think we might end up resting some players against Spurs depending how it goes. Well, I mean, that's, that's what strikes me as interesting. I mean, I've, you know, we've all watched Sam Allardyce do the business he's currently doing through the course of his career, uh, really. And one of the things that he's very, very good at is he's very, very good indeed at sort of picking his moments and picking his games. And I think that's going to, I think how this game starts on Sunday at half past four is going to have a big impact, I think, because it wouldn't surprise me if, if, if Sam Allardyce decides, he's, you know, if Liverpool do get a goal or even two goals ahead, if he decides he cuts his losses there. And then, on the other hand, if, if Palace can get the nose in front or just feel like they're in the game, Allardyce will conclude, no, 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 we can get bonus points in this one and I'll rest people for the one against Spurs. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's it's uh, we've seen it in a few games before. I, I think the Arsenal game we played a while back, not the one we won, the one before, <clears throat> he just decided... It wasn't going our way, and it, you know he made different changes. He took players off, and I, I think that'll be the same thing here. Um, it's, it's quite it's quite interesting because the, the team are playing really well now, um, really stepping up. But we haven't played a team like Liverpool yet. It, but on on our form, we haven't played a team like Liverpool yet. There's, there's been no other team that kind of attacked with that kind of pace and that kind of intensity that we've played against. So um, Chelsea are a little bit more mannered in the way they play mm. they're a little you know they, they they play it around a bit more trying to find openings whereas Liverpool can just kill you in 10 you know 10 minutes literally four goals so it'll be interesting to see how that works and, the, and there's a few changes in the team as well obviously Sacco's not playing and he's been a huge thing about the turnaround for us so um, it'll be intriguing to <laughs> because Martin Kelly I imagine is going to play centre back yeah now that's interesting because obviously he's going to have he's going to have not something to prove because I think he had a good time at Liverpool really. I, 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 he, I don't think he's good enough to be a Liverpool player, so to speak. But um, he's certainly going to have a great game, and that's that's going to be fascinating how that plays out. Well, I mean that's one of your you mentioned there. You know the disruption at the back. There's been, he's not been great this season. Uh, not 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 the player he was last season, but you know there's no Scott Dan either, is there? So. Two of the, the the lads who you know may well have been linchpins at the back there for uh, for, for for Crystal Palace. They're going to be missing. Liverpool have got their own sense, central defensive worries, but it is worth pointing out that it isn't as though um, you know Allardyce can put his preferred pairing or his at least preferred individual and in Sacco out. No, no. So and what's also interesting, we've got Damian Delaney fit, and he's not going to be playing. He's going to play Kelly instead. I, it's, I, I think it's going to go one or two. I mean, Tomkins is back. That's huge. And we've got Patrick Van Arnholt on the left. He's back as well. So there's only one player that's missing out of his selected back four. And it's, it's, I, the game won't be won or lost, I think, on that moment. But <clears throat> how he steps up is, is yeah, it's just going to be fascinating. I've, I've got a feeling... Part of the thing, I mean, Dan hasn't been playing for a while and Dan hasn't played particularly well this season. He's been on, on and off, but he's been playing with injuries. So, and there's also a thing about left-footed, right-footed players at the back. Um, I think we needed someone with uh, a right-footed player that's easy to clear the ball away, which is why they've gone for Kelly. But, um, yeah. But, I mean, Hennessy as well. Hennessy's changed his game because I think he's the worst goalkeeper in the Premier League for most of the season. His decision-making, the amount of times he got caught halfway for yeah. a cross, halfway for a corner, 
his decision making's improved. His shot stopping's always been good, but he, he, yeah, his decision making, his positioning's massively improved. So that's going to be big too. But um, I mean, you've got injury worries, haven't you? Yeah, Liverpool have got the injury worries as well. You know, it's, it's it, Liverpool have got real injury worries at the back there. So. With with one eye on that, I mean, you know, the one thing that Palace have also done well recently is they've attacked well and they've attacked with pace and verve, and it doesn't yeah. feel really like one where Liverpool want to be messing around because there's got to be a certain amount of security back there. Both Zaha, who I think is getting wider attention, but Townsend in the last six games or so has been has gone up another level or gone up well, gone up a number of levels from what I've seen. He, he was he was looking like yeah. another another flop of a certain type, a certain ilk um, of sort of wide, English, wide midfielders in England who either come in from abroad and then struggle to move twice or or just in general, you know, an, an English midfielder who, who, who you know, Alan David Bentley or something gets a, get, get a move and, and never quite manages to hit Sean any Wright heights. Phillips. And he's just Sean Wright Phillips, yeah. But instead, he's last six games or so, everything I've seen, he's looked he's looked terrific. Oh, he's, he's, he's been immense. I think I mentioned before, Sammy Lee made the difference, sat down and had a word with him, had a chat with him. Also, I think the other thing is there was a lot of um, Kelly was behind Townsend for most of it. Kelly Kelly was on his wing from the start of the season, and um, and and, they, and he didn't want to switch things with Zaha, and he fell out with part. There was so much going on there, but now it's but the way Allardyce has got the team playing, that they don't make needless runs, they don't make stupid passes, they don't run down blind alleys, they don't they do the simple things very well, especially with Kabai and. Milivojevic as well. That's so hard to say. Um, <laughs> there, it's it's absolutely shored up the centre of the pitch, which has now given Townsend and Zaha room to absolutely just go for it, and that won't change throughout the game. There will be at least four times that both those players will get through. Is this is happens this, every game? Is I mean because they're so tricky and they're so capable on the ball, and also. Is Benteke bedding in with them better now as well? I noticed, for instance, I thought he was great, even though he didn't get on get on the score sheets. I thought he was great against Arsenal. It was a yeah. real, you know, it was a real. It was one of those performances where you, you realise a lot of the work he does when he's able to when he dr- finds himself dropped in and the ball's at his feet a little deeper. I think that frustrated you at times when he was at Liverpool, but he can he's very good at bringing people into play. One thing I've noticed is when he first came in with Pardew, he wasn't really closing players down that much. He was he was always conserving his pace, kind of saving that. He's closing down a lot more as well now. He's, he's, he's kind of defending from the top, so to speak. And I think in doing that, that might mean he's not been in the, you know, the final spot to score the goal or whatever. But he's, he, he really has been immense. He really has. But the, the way he's been holding up the ball, laying off the ball, the runs he's making, how he's bringing those two players in, and Jason Punchin. It's, he, he's, a, he's a big focal point there. And I, I think... I, I think at the weekend he's going to be really causing Liverpool some problems. I mean, Gomez is that who he's up against? It could well be that he's up against Young Gomez. That's what it looks like. And, and, and Benteke is smart enough to know who he wants to play on in a game like this. Yeah, totally, totally. I mean, it's 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 the old adage as well. He's coming back to his old club. Exactly. Yeah, well, but I'm expecting you know two two Crystal Palace goals, one from Benteke and one from Martin Kelly. Uh, Lined up for this one. There is. I tell you what, if you had a hundred quid on that, there's the other player I actually wanted to talk about who again appears to have come to life in the last sort of six to eight weeks is Kabai, and he's he's such a strange footballer in many ways, and that he's he's undoubtedly hugely talented. He's not the most mobile in the middle of the park. He's you know he's never struck me as one who gets around the pitch. It's not that he can't win his battles, but he needs his battles to come to him. As Allardyce got him, got, got him a pair of legs in there, someone who he can dovetail with alongside, and someone who, you know, has he, has he got punching doing some work for him? How has he, how has he managed to start getting the best out of him? 
Well, um, basically, so it's, it kind of all started with Sacco. I don't want to talk too much about that because it's obvious to see. You get, anyone can watch him and see what he's doing. Because he's, he's the focal point. You've got Millie just in front. And um, Millie has now, before Kabai was kind of being a bit of a stopper, being, being a bit of a, a nullifier, having to man mark a lot more. That's what Millie does. Millie does all that now. And he does it amazingly well. He's a, he's a top six player. He really is. So that frees up Kabai to then maybe not be the guy blocking, but standing to the left a bit, which means he's got two more yards than he had before. You've got Punchin coming, coming close to him, and Punchin drops in to give him an option. And then the two, the, the two wingers, off they go on their bike. And then Benteke's looking, stepping forward, taking up the middle. It's just he's got more space. But Allardyce has played in a way to open up teams in the middle there, just to create him an extra two yards and give Kabai an extra two yards. I mean, and then he can start floating and moving forward. The goal he scored against Arsenal—that's a great goal. And indeed, it is. It is a fantastic strike. Um, so I'm going to begin to put you on the spot a little bit on this one, Robbie. I know you tend to be very much behind Palace and expect them to do well and expect them to get results. How would you see the game going, and uh, and and what sort of scoreline are you are you plumping for? Well, I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not just going to say this because of um, the audience, but I mean, I I think the two teams you don't want to play right now are Liverpool and Tottenham, and you watch Liverpool and Liverpool are scary, and you've got players out of nothing, out of nothing, can just score world worldy goals, switch off for a second, and you're going to get punished. It's a, it's a big big tough game for Palace. Whereas you're, and, and I, I, I think you're definitely going to get third. And, um, you know, who knows? But I, a point would be an amazing result. The point would be, a point would be an amazing result. I mean, my, my head would say that Liverpool are going to win this. But my heart, whenever Palace play Liverpool, I don't know why, it's always a great game. It's always a, bit, it's always a different game. And I think if we, if we can see the early if in the first half, I think then it's just going to go out as a 2-0 or 3-0 loss. And then he's going to take players off. If we get the first goal, I think that's going to be a mental game. Okay. Uh, always good to speak to Robbie. We're going to play a song in a minute or two. But before then, I just want to uh, go through a couple of little things to give a shout out to. The third run for the 96 will take place on Stanley Park on Sunday, the 14th of May. Uh, the website address is btrliverpool.com forward slash run hyphen four hyphen the hyphen 96 as the number hyphen 5k. Uh, we will obviously tweet that link out at the Anfield Wrap. We'll get that one tweeted out for you. It's also got a one mile fun run at the end at the finish of the previous 5k. Uh, so that's the way I'm which it can all work. Everyone can come together. It's a, a, a legacy event for the local communities and in particular the LFC Foundation and Everton, Everton in the community. Last year, just over £10,000 was raised. So you can enter the 5K, you can enter the one-mile run. It is run for the 96 and we will tweet the link out on the Anfield wrap. Uh, other thing to mention as well is that it's Marine's last home game of the season and they've got a beer festival on post-match, so it's obviously a three o'clock kickoff. And then the uh, the shipbuilders are playing Saturday night. They're putting a show on the shipbuilders managed by John Gibbons and he's played as Joker and he's going to be playing trumpet with them uh, as part of an acoustic event it's the sort of thing you get to do when you manage that sort of band you can just say you fancy I go on the trumpet and they've got to say yes uh, and he's really excited about it John he loves playing with the shipbuilders he loves playing with a couple of lads there so that's Marine on Saturday night there are two things I wanted to give a shout out to going to play a song for you now I'm going to play in excesses uh, mystify and then we're going to get back and we're going to see how Philip Paul and Andy all see this game shaping up for the weekend
that was mystified by in excess back now with Paul Philippa and Andy to, to accentuate the positives. Robbie Scotcher says there, Philippa, the two best teams in the country at the moment, he thinks, are Liverpool and Tottenham. Uh, I think he'd probably have them in the other order. I think we'd probably have them all in the other order at the moment. But it's a striking thing that, you know what, as much as we've all, we, Liverpool have done our heads in recently, he, he might actually be right. I think he is right. Um, and I think at the moment you would probably say that Tottenham are, are better than, than we are. But when we've come up against Tottenham this season, I think we've looked like the better side in all three games. And I don't think anybody can can really argue with that. So, um, yeah, I'm... I'm right with him there. I think I think they are the two best sides. It's it shows sort of that again, Andy and you saying before about how we you know we 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 act like other teams or Paul Paul used the phrase the Harlem Globe trotters. We act like other teams are are in terrific nick and but there's question marks around everybody around us. I thought City looked really good against Southampton, but you know a couple of games back they they lost to Chelsea, didn't perform, didn't really show up on the day, and that was off the back of three draws. Um, <clears throat> at the same time, Chelsea themselves, they're having a little bit of a wobble that are clearly, you know, having a fantastic season and probably still go on and win the league. But we, because we live in our Liverpool bubble, obviously, we see every strength and every weakness. We see them have a terrible, terrible first half against Stoke. And so therefore we sort of, we, we, we get on the backs of these players, whereas they've actually been performing well at a difficult and tough time of the season. Yeah, Robbie thinks we're... In the top two teams in the league? Yeah. I love all that. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent stuff. It is, no, it is. But we are, aren't we, at the moment? I think I think he's could be... When, as soon as he said that, I was, I, in my head, I, I wouldn't have thought it. If I'd have thought of it, I'd have gone, don't be stupid. But he might actually um, be right. If we qualify for the Champions League, it'll be off the back of the last two results where we haven't particularly played well. Um, but we've got the points. So, I don't know. Are we, are we playing the best football we've played all season? Absolutely not. Are we playing... Are we getting the most out of what we could possibly hope for, given the form we're in? Absolutely, and that's something that we haven't had before. So, yeah, I, if you're looking at purely from picking up a points basis and being effective, yeah, I've got to agree with him. It's, um, for me, the, the player has been central to that. And in the past, there's been a bit of criticism around, you know, he, 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 he plays better when he's got his mates playing, whether his mates are just Coutinho or Coutinho, Lallana, Mane. But mm. I think the player who's central to Liverpool's second-half performance against Stoke and victory against uh, against West Brom champion Paul is, is Firmino I think it's it's the the two tremendous performances really one just one defined by the fact of the strike but West Brom it was an unbelievable 90 minutes yeah it was yeah um, I, I, I find it quite weird when I you know being involved in this get, get, um, speak to fans of other clubs and they don't quite understand what he is or what he does and that they speak, speak to most Liverpool fans and they'll wax lyrical about him you know it's um and I think it's only summed up in his last what, 135 minutes of football. He's been absolutely tremendous the last game and a half. So, yeah, I mean, I'd like him to add a few more goals to his game, but I don't think he has, for everything else he he brings, that he um, he has to add that many more. What's he on for the season? 11 or something like that. I think if he was between 15, 17, he'd be spoke about a little bit higher than he is. The goals are the, the key thing that you're sort of looking at, but this is where when we're coming up against a makeshift defence and Crystal Palace's defence will be a makeshift defence for the best. This is where I think, oh yeah, you know, these yeah. lads, these lads, the, the, they're going to be in for something now because they're it takes a lot of getting used to playing with each other to deal with someone like Firmino and especially if Origi and Coutinho were in good nick as well. You know, it, it, it gives you a, a lot of questions to answer. There's a lot of communication you've got to be able to get through for one. Yeah, I don't think they're going to enjoy being harried by Firmino this weekend and that to me is his real strength that he sets off um, the pressing in a sense because he 
he kind of like just tries to nick him behind them um, so that the midfield can push up and and that for me is where he's really, really impressive and um, I know what Paul's saying in relation to the goals as well but um, his strike rate's actually really, really good. I'm being um, hypercritical um, yeah, of him there, it, to be it's, fair. it's more that he's not maybe in the position to score often enough rather than what he actually does when he is in, in a position to score um, and to me, sometimes that's down to the other players around him. Maybe he's having to do a little bit too much work um, that maybe somebody else can can take that weight off him in a sense. Um, but yeah, I, 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 it's interesting because uh, my husband actually said that Barkley's a better player than him. And I don't know how I didn't just laugh in his face, to be honest. Because... You're the class act. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, is, there is Andy on this, you know, the... The next one on this sort of is the, is Coutinho, who's we know he's had his issues uh, last few games. But what he's actually done is he scored two scruffy goals in the process of having his issues, uh, two key goals uh, across the, the way in which the game's played out. But he's also it was noticeable. I thought how long he stayed on against West Brom. I was sort of thinking it gets to sixty, and you're thinking he's been getting the hook a fair bit recently. Whereas insofar as any of them are close to hundred percent fit at the moment, he actually looked up until about 79, 80 minutes when he comes off. He was still putting himself about. He was still covering a fair bit of ground. I think you might be seeing him come back to something that looks like fitness, proper fitness at the moment. Yeah, it's my sharpness, isn't it? That's always been the criticism of Firmino. Uh, Coutinho, sorry, it takes about five, ten games to, to get to find the beat again. But again, that, that's something where, you know, we haven't really seen before. My, my, my One of the criticisms I had of Firmino and uh, Coutinho again, sorry, is that he doesn't have a six, out, a six out of ten game. Yeah. He's either very good or he's anonymous, whereas in the last couple of games, you wouldn't say he was being particularly excellent, but he's had, he's made match-defining contributions. Yeah. So I don't I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all. I'd rather him do that and score than play well and, and, and not. And that's what we need to get across the board, maybe, and maybe that's the, the ruthlessness aspect, Philip, that we're going to get a bit more of, that we need to see a little bit more of. Liverpool have actually been, and they should be even more ruthless against West Brom in that they're very good for 10 minutes after the break and they should take the game away from West Brom. But they see them out at the other end. However, first half, Firmino gets one chance uh, right right on the stroke of half time, and he makes sure he's had a half chance earlier than that. And you know that sort of ruthlessness is is the next step for this Liverpool side. I think I think it's the next thing they need to get better at. The next thing they need to work out how to do. It's about being clinical, isn't it? Um, and uh, it's like if we if we get a chance against Crystal Palace early on, you want them to be able to take that because. I think that that can really influence the game in our favour. Um, you kind of feel like if if you're getting towards half-time and Crystal Palace is still in it, you know, they're kind of feeling that they're in the box seat, really, and it's it's going towards their plan. Um, so you want to you be able to take the chance when it comes and also not to... To leave yourself open, and I think that's probably what we did really well against West Brom. I felt like we we took the chance when it came, but we was also really good in closing off any sort of gaps that appeared. And and I think West Brom really struggled to find any kind of space. <clears throat> and in the end, he ended up bringing on all the all the big lads to just go route one. Um, and to be honest, if if Crystal Palace do that, I think it's in our favour because they've got Ben Teki. But I think apart from that, they've not really got anybody else who who can benefit from that sort of play. See, that that's the self-defeating thing that, that they need to get out of their heads, that if you haven't scored within half yes. an hour or the first 45 or, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, or even 60 minutes, because you, you do your own head in. And it's right from the Sam Allardyce playbook that, you know, 
quiet in the crowd, get them agitated, get them on their own teams back, and then and then really push on and try and try and grab something. And I think, and over over the years, it's happened so many times where you could you know, the atmosphere in there, you can feel it, the, the tension, especially when you're playing opposition that you think you should be beaten. By the way. Uh, not so much against the big teams, you show a little bit more patience. And I think the managers referenced that a couple of times yep. as well, um, where, you know, just relax. It'll come, just, you know, try and be positive for as long as you possibly can. I think I think we've been a lot better for that this season, though, to be fair. Um, <laughs> I think we've seen games like Sunderland at home, I'll use as the example, where it wasn't it wasn't necessarily feeling like it was going to come for us. And, and in previous seasons, as I felt that was just going to... Peter out into some sort of nothing draw. I think, I think maybe more than the lads in the crowd. I think that players on the pitch have um, I've kept their head. Well, on this poll, just quickly, you know, that you mentioned there about uh, and it's been mentioned about Allardyce and keeping your head. It's noticeable for me this one. I, mean, I brought it up with Robbie before. You know, Liverpool, Liverpool faced Spurs half four on the on the Sunday. Sorry, faced Palace half four on the Sunday, and then on the Wednesday, Palace faced Spurs at home, uh, mm. eight pm. And this is why I think the first goal in this one's massive. We know how pragmatic Sam Allardyce is. And you sort of think that if Liverpool can get ahead, uh, whether it's uh, whatever stage of the game at which it comes, there's every chance that somewhere in Allardyce's mind, he's just, but certainly if it's in the first half, and maybe if it's by more than one goal, if somewhere in Allardyce's head he's thinking to himself, that sounds, we just shut it all down, kill the game off, they can have the three points, we save our energy and we're going to go again on Wednesday night. Yeah. It really wouldn't surprise me. We've seen him do that a number of times at Anfield. No, I mean, I don't. no one ever really gives the... That style of manager, um, a lot of credit for the, the cuteness sometimes, but I think sometimes they know they know when to pick the battles. And um, so we've got to make it a battle. He doesn't that they that they yeah. they feel as though that it's not worth it. It's not worth the hassle. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think you're absolutely right. I think Liverpool, if Liverpool go in two another half time, he's like second gear, second half. As you said, let's let's not turn this into a rout because that would be a negative effect for the Wednesday. But look, you know, keep, if you can keep this here, yeah, can save your energy a little bit. Liverpool will take that, you know. Liverpool have got I think, the minimum of a six-day break before any fixture, but they they not want to go go and expend their energy chasing five and six nils at this stage of the season. But then obviously Palace the reverse. So no, I totally agree. The first goal, Andy. The first goal as ever. Yeah, yeah. Tony Pulis said that a couple of years ago. Actually, I think they were playing Man United away and they, they got beaten heavily. And he, and he referenced that he said, "Well, we we have a sheet. He basically, admits we've got a sheet, and we've got games where we think, yeah." No, I've got anything. It's just going to be a massive bonus. So, and th- th- there is that protectionism, especially if you're at that end of the league. You're looking where you can pick up the points and almost not sacrifice like yourself. But if, as you say, if, if you if you suddenly one or two nil down, you've got to think that could Spurs at home in front of the Palace, especially after the uh, the Arsenal results uh, the other week, where they where they put where they put Arsenal down. They'd be th- they'd be fancying Spurs a lot more at home. They would come to Anfield away. So I definitely. Certainly, things that I'll enter this thinking. Yeah, um, I I think that if if we can turn this into like you said mentioned before a battle that they don't necessarily want to to get involved in, um, you know if it's if it remains nil nil, then obviously Sam Allardyce sort of person he'll go, yeah. If we can get any sort of point out of this, then we'll take it. But if you're getting a lead against them, I can't I can't see him turning around and saying to the lads. Come on, we have to get something here. It's gonna, it's gonna focus on the home games. Quick prediction, Paul Senior first. I fancy us. Um, I don't, I don't think there'll be any any routes going on, but I, I just fancy us for three points. Okay, Philippa. I think it might be two one. Two one, Andy. Three one. 
three wonderful excellent stuff that's been the Anfield Wrap this week thank you very much for listening remember to enter the Cy Hughes competition you get the opportunity to win that book you've also got Marine you've got the Run for the 96 and you've got the Smith Down Road Festival it's been a packed show but more than anything else we've got the Reds on Sunday I keep saying it week by week at the moment but if we win this one Sports Social Podcast Network <laughs>